entering the metaverse. What does it hold for us? Should we be cautious or full speed ahead? The next step, number 740, August 11th, 2022. Hi, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries, welcoming you to a 15th season of the Next Step Podcast with Father Vazgen. With these podcasts, Father Vazgen provides a very distinct and consistent voice for Armenian orthodoxy. It is the means for providing people an intelligent and practical answer to life's difficulties based on the solid principles of love, faith, and hope as expressed by our Lord Jesus Christ. We produce these shows every week for a vast audience, which includes those who are searching for practical and deeper applications of faith, the disenfranchised members of the church community, and of course, the neophyte. So we invite you to sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to take the next step. Okay, are you ready to do some traveling? Ah, relax, relax. <laughs> Actually, I'm getting ready to do some traveling myself. Got a huge one this weekend. And, you know, there is some apprehension about getting around places, whether it's actually we're doing some traveling by air, airline and we're doing some by car, quite a bit of distance we're going to be covering in the next few days. And there is a certain degree of apprehension these days, not only because of the COVID crisis that was or is or whatever state it might be in, but also because of just the flaring, the flaring attitudes that are out there. And so there's always a bit of caution I, I, yeah, even if you're sitting in your car, I don't know what's going on in this world. Just the degree and level of tolerance is down to zero. So, yes, <laughs> are you ready to do some traveling with me? And no, you don't have to get apprehensive about it on the short term, but perhaps on the long term, okay? There is a song that actually I use as my ringtone. It is by the Beatles called The Inner Light. Without going out of my door I can know all things on earth Without looking out of my window I can know the ways of heaven Pretty cool, right? Without going out of my door You can know all things on earth Without looking out of your window, you can know all the ways of heaven. Wow! <laughs> Don't get too excited about it. It is something that I just love. I love the idea that we can move beyond ourselves, beyond our physical existence. And like this came about 55 years ago when the Beatles wrote it and it kind of resonated in me then as it does right now. Like, are there potentials for us to really go beyond the physical boundaries that we have set up. Uh, you, you say, well, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Well, that's the whole idea of religion, isn't it? That there is something beyond the physical existence that we have over here. 
yeah, there are religions that focus in on just on the on the physical, but especially in armadoxy, what we talk about, what we celebrate, it's the idea that life is complete. It's physical and spiritual. It is emotional. There are things that cannot be quantified, qualified. And in fact, last week I shared with you the story of the bees, the bees. And I got a very interesting answer from somebody um, up north, uh, Northern California, wrote and said that basically these are just coincidences. And whereas, and I forgot the name of the... um, the person he quoted, I'm, uh, I'll get it because I, I do want to do a little bit more studying on it before I present it. But basically, we can bring all of life down to algorithms. And whereas in the past we had God, today we have algorithms. And if you had enough algorithms, enough information, and this is what giant data is, you can get to a point where you can predict. You can predict the way life is going to go, where life is going to go. And so there won't be a case for uh, uh, for coincidences. In other words, it will all be mapped out. And it was very interesting because it was in reference to the story of the bees that I, that I shared with you last week. Like, is it just a, a coincidence that these things happen? I mean, I shared with you a few different stories. Or is it possible that maybe we do not know everything that's out there, right? Is that at least a possibility? And that's the only way I framed it. That That's the way I frame it. Is it just a possibility that there might be something more than the five senses that we have? Can there be something a little bit more? Around the same time, uh, the Beatles, yeah, still Beatles. John Lennon wrote this. Yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you. Of course, you know it. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. It was a, it was a conspiracy. <laughs> Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Could it be LSD? A psychotropic drug. Or as John Lennon said, is like my son came home with a little drawing of a Lucy who was in the sky with diamonds, you know, and it is possible. Especially if you have little kids and now that we're enjoying our grandsons, yes, it is very possible that you can have a combination of these things too. But anyway, what he presents in this story, picture yourself on a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls at you quite slowly, the girl with kaleidoscope eyes. Very, very pretty, right? Beautiful, beautiful imagery. Is this possible? Well, now it is. And that's where we're at today. That's what I'm going to share with you today. The metaverse. The metaverse is kind of an interesting new phenomena. It's it's a phenomena because it is it, it's challenging us to think in new ways, in new manners, and it's a phenomena because it's there. It is a reality. Yes, we call it virtual reality, but once you're in there, it is a very real reality. 
you, you can't deny it. You can't deny that you were there. And I had a chance to go into the metaverse a couple weeks ago with, with my friend Gregory Baylor. Um, we are doing a project that's going to be launching on September 25th. Gregory and I have put together many, many projects in the past uh, from the time when we did the 777 projects, uh, when we did the uh, 100-year journey, when we took a trip to both sides of Mount Ararat and returned the DNA after 100 years to that historic land. And several other projects, uh, which are all coming together in this new launch that we're going to be pulling off on September 25th. And actually, after that, I'm, I'm realizing that the launch is just that day. It's a launch. You're going to be in for just a mind blower, okay? But part of that is also doing some Web 3.0. In other words, is it possible for us to go into the web? Right now, you see it on a two-dimensional screen. Whether it's your phone or whether it's a computer screen, it's two-dimensional, right? Is it possible for it to be three-dimensional? In other words, that there is also some depth into it, right? That's possible. We know about three-dimension. Now, think about adding the extra element of time, the fourth dimension, and walking into these areas, walking into these universes, these metaverses. And all of a sudden, you're talking about a different game. You're talking about something pretty, pretty wild out there. And I had a chance to see this wildness. And I have to admit that, you know, like, like everything, there's all, everything that's new, there is always some apprehension. But for me, it was just a mind opener. It was an ability to see what we can do. So I want to share some ideas with you, primarily uh, some thoughts about the metaverse, where we're going, what we're doing. And hopefully by talking about it, we can first of all alleviate any kind of anxiety that people might have about it because it is really beautiful. And you've probably heard that people have um, warned about the dangers of the metaverse. And we can talk about that a little bit too. But I also want to share with you what I found in that unique place. It's a it's a it's a world. Let me let's back up a little bit because there's two articles that I want to share with you today. One that Susie sent me just a couple of days ago. Uh, as you know, she's uh, very uh, well-read. <laughs> she has to be. She's a librarian, right? But she also is a librarian at one of the greatest law schools around, right? Loyola. And so as such, she just comes across incredible articles. And one of them is how the metaverse will affect business and legal processes. Well, that's interesting, right? Now, all of a sudden, you've got a business element to it. And once you've got business in there, it's just about a guarantee that it's going to happen. It's a guarantee that people are going to be using this. It's a guarantee that this is going to be a future way of life. It depends on how old you are, but you could probably think of all the changes that we've seen in our lifetime. Here's a couple interesting things. There is a, a small little study that is on YouTube, too. I'll try to find it. I don't know if I, I can find but there is a study. They took a telephone. Now, again, this only makes sense if you're old enough for this to have a meaning. But telephones, I'd say 20, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, had a dial on them. 
And commonly you will hear people say, dial this number. Well, they say those words because, I mean, if anybody really thought about it, what do you mean dial the number? It's punch this number or touch this number. That's what it should be. But the common vernacular is dial this number. Why? Well, they used to have a dial, a round rotary dial. And as you turn that dial, it would send electrical signals through the telephone wires and it would connect the two phone numbers, your number with somebody else's phone number. And it was this was the technology of the day up until, I, I would say, the mid-1970s. So give it about 40 years. Uh, Mid-1970s, late 1970s, they came out with the touchtone, and it became very prevalent in the 80s, the touchtone dialing, so that each number had a tone. And here's, here's something interesting, too, that because they now have these tones, people were able to duplicate them duplicate these 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 sounds and make calls and one of the most famous ones of this was from captain crunch <laughs> i'm serious stop that okay i'm serious captain crunch the um the the, the cereal the morning cereal amazing yes it was amazing the um the cereal company would give out these small little whistles the captain crunch whistle and so this is a very famous case, and you could check it out, okay, on AT&T. Somebody was able to duplicate the sounds, the digital sounds, using that Captain Crunch toy. Amazing! That's right. It was really amazing. He was able to duplicate and make toll calls, phone calls, and to, to long-distance ner- numbers by using this little device. And so, you know, we, we saw a lot. And what I was sharing with you earlier was that... It, uh, on YouTube, there's a video um, where they've taken this rotary phone, the phone with the dial, and they've put it in front of young people. And people look at it with amazement. Like, what is this? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's phenomenal to me because, yeah, you know, we've had that in our lives. But to you put that phone in front of somebody and you see this in the YouTube video. They put it in front of young kids, young people. Forget about kids, you know, they're, they're teens, they're young adults. And the dial, they, they stick their finger in the dial. Yeah, what would you do? You know that to call a number, you, you press on the numbers. So they stick their finger in the dial. There's no instruction. You don't know about dialing it or turning that rotor, right? And then, how do you talk to people? Well, you see that headpiece on there, but you don't really think about that that's the way... That you communicate. Now, I know we, we have TV, we have movies, and so people are, uh, are have learned about the history of it. But it is an interesting phenomenon. And I bring this up because so much of our life has changed in a relatively short period of time. The kinds of changes that you and I have experienced, let's say in the last 50 years, what kind of changes that people would experience it through generations through hundreds of years okay these kind of things take time evolution is a slow process but we are uh, we we are we're we're speeding through we're speeding through creating new things think about your light bulbs i mean wasn't it just like a hundred years ago now that we had light bulbs and now they're obsolete uh, now you're having these little diode bulbs, these little diodes that are just all over the place. 
and you don't need uh, incandescent bulbs. And that's in our lifetime. And I bring that up because think about the danger of light. Did you know this? That um, one of the things that Thomas Edison ran across was the religious community who said, wait, God creates the light. Let there be light. So what are you doing? You are creating light. You are creating this electricity. You are taking, you are usurping God's domain. You're taking what God is rightfully belongs to God and making it something that is accessible and something that can be created by human beings. So you flip the switch and let there be light. There is light. And so it was the religious community that came out against this. And it, it continues until today. It continues until today, until we're scared to move forward. We're scared because we feel like it is God's domain that we're playing with. And it's not just about light, it's about everything, including the metaverse. Now we're talking about, well, what are we doing? We are creating worlds. (laughs) Sound familiar? Open Genesis, right? We are now creating worlds. And yeah, people are getting scared. They're weary of this. And before we go there, before I tell you what we experienced in the in the metaverse, I want to just share with you this idea that why are we scared? Why are we scared to go forward? Well, obviously, it's the unknown. You're always scared of the unknown. You walk into a room, there's apprehension until you turn on the lights. And then you see familiarity. You see, oh, you're in a room. You didn't know what it was. It was a dark room. You open the lights and you see, oh, there's windows. Okay, so anxiety level goes down because what? I could get out of here. There's a window there, right? There's a door. You see common people. You see pictures on the wall. And so that familiarity helps you calm down, relax. But if you didn't have that familiarity, you'd open up the doors and what what happens? You are apprehensive. I I shared with you this idea that when I first went to the Soviet Union back in 1977, I had heard about the Soviet Union and certainly had had grown growing up in the United States. I had heard all the negativity about the Soviet Union. And so there was a lot of apprehension. That first night that we went into Moscow and we stayed at the Hotel Russia, Russia, right? Hotel, Hotel Russia, something like that. Anyway, Russia Hotel. It was right across the street from the Kremlin. A huge, huge, huge building. Man, there was a lot of apprehension in me because I didn't know what to expect. Is somebody going to come out of the doors and just like take me? Are they going to gag me? Are they going to tie me up? What are they going to do, you know? You hear so much. And then all of a sudden you get in there, you open the door and you say, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, there's a bed in the room. There's a door over there. There's a bathroom over there. I could take a shower. Wait a minute. This kind of looks familiar, right? And in that familiarity, I find relief. Because I now realize that, wait, all that apprehension, everything that we we, we had put into our heads it's really okay, you know, like, let's let's go on. And this is not only true about a hotel room, it's true about anything. Think about friendships, about friendships that you want to establish and the apprehension that you have. So when we come to big issues like the metaverse, it's something new, right? It's just as new as when the printing press started. When the printing press started, what was the first thing they did? They, they um, printed the Bible. Oh, the opposition. What do you mean you're going to print it? This has to be handwritten. 
You need scribes to give their entire life to do this. The first time anything new came up, and, you know, there's some very profound and huge stories that we all have heard about, about when we went from a... uh, when we went for a geocentric world to a heliocentric, right? When we realized that, yeah, the Earth is one of several planets that circles the the sun, and it's not that when you wait when you get up at night and you see the stars going around, it's not like we are at the center of the universe. No, we are our own life, and and the moon says hello to us. It floats around us, but we go around the sun, and the sun goes around a center of a galaxy and that galaxy goes around a center of a universe. And now what we're pushing is, is it possible that there are metaverses? In other words, are there, is there something beyond the universe? Is it possible that there is a multiverse that this universe is one of many? Is it possible that we're existing in a black hole? These are things that people are just thinking about conceptually, but all these conceptual ideas eventually start taking form. And we, if, if you're fearful of them, they will hold you back. But if you can put that fear to one side and really push yourself to see that evolution is a part of life. I mean, we evolve. If we didn't evolve, that would be death, right? That would be decay. You would just decay. That's what dead bodies do. Evolution means that there is a process there. By talking, by sharing, by experimenting. And you can't be scared of that because it opens new doors. Our fear, of course, is is fueled by the speed at which. I mean, I was sharing with you. Look at the telephones. I mean, we don't even know. Think about the telephone in your life. If you're younger, think about this. It was only 15 years ago that the iPhone came out. 2007. That's when the iPhone came out. Before that, if you had a cellular phone, it was most probably a flip phone. It was probably, uh, if you were in the business world, maybe a Blackberry. And you said, never, never in a million years would you give up that small little keyboard and type on the screen. Are they joking? That's ridiculous. Yeah. But what are you listening to this podcast on, right? (laughs) Yeah, life has changed. You can't be scared of it. And right now, the metaverse is at that point. The metaverse is at that point. You know what? And and this is also something that we got to admit that we could be wrong too, right? Could be tested and we say, okay, now maybe that was fun and it was just a fad. But there's when you see about business and when you think about people investing in it, they're investing because there is something there. And I think for us in the church community, there's a lot there. Not to be scared of, but really to take advantage of. That's what we're talking about in the second portion. Let's take a break right now to digest some of the stuff that we spoke about and to listen to a great tune. I do this every week to highlight a a song that I particularly care for, something that puts us in the mood and also something to brighten our day. This is what I picked out for today. Enjoy. sure looks bad they won't give peace a chance that was just a dream some of us had still a lot of lions to see but i 
wouldn't want to stay here It's too old and cold And settled in its ways here All but California California Coming home I'm gonna see the folks I dig I'll even kiss a sunset pig California Coming home Who did the goat dance very well He gave me back my smile But he kept my camera in a cell Oh, the rogue, the red, red rogue He cooked good omelettes and stews And I might have stayed on with him there But my heart cried out for you California Oh, California Coming home Oh, make me feel good Rock and roll band I'm your biggest fan, California, we're coming home. Oh, it gets so lonely when you're walking and the streets are full of strangers. All the news on your just give you. Down a red dirt road There were lots of pretty people there Reading Rolling Stone Reading Vogue I said how long can you hang around I said a week maybe two Just until my skin turns brown And I'm going home To California California I'm coming home oh, Will you take me as I am Strung out on another man California Okay, I'm going to let you figure out why I chose that one for today, where we're talking about traveling around the metaverse. That's Joni Mitchell traveling around all around her and then ending up in California. One of my favorite songs of her. Actually, there's so many of her, but I love this one. Joni Mitchell doing it. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It's kind of a fun one, isn't it? And I'll have a link on today's show notes. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm talking about these old-fashioned phones. Is it possible that there are certain people that do not know Joni? So if you want to know more about her, about her wonderful music, check out that uh, that uh, link. And recently she just uh, celebrated uh, a great milestone, and she was back up and around. She had gone through some severe illnesses and severe um, 
issues, medical issues a few years back. And it was just great to see her back up and around um, and, and a ripe old age too. <laughs> anyway, Joni Mitchell, that's the link you have to check out on today's show notes. When you've fallen awake and you take stock of the news. Okay, welcome back. And as I told you, hey, we're going to be going into the metaverse. Currently's talking about it. Talking about what I experienced a couple weeks ago when I had a chance to go into the metaverse. With uh, Gregory Baylor. And the way you do this before you start thinking that we're walking into screens and everything. There is a system, it's called Oculus. It's one of many, many different types and uh, vendors who offer these glasses. They are 3D glasses you put on your head. Actually, more than glasses, they're like, um, <laughs> yeah, 3D glasses. You could tell where I'm coming from. We used to do that, yeah. They used to be three-dimensional movies, which you needed certain glasses, which I, if I remember right, one, one lens was blue and one lens was red. And you'd sit in the theater with these glasses and things would come out at you. I, I remember seeing something at Disneyland where it was a Michael Jackson thriller video and he threw out a ball and that ball was floating right in front of my face. It was so incredible. It's left a lasting uh, impression on me, right? And then, but if you take off your glasses in the theater, if you cheat, you see this blur, you see this blurry thing. Well, what it's doing is it's projecting things that your brain will now have to cipher through and put together, reconstruct in a different reality. Yeah, that's all it is, right? That's three-dimensional glasses. Now, what, we're, what I'm talking about right now is actually a headgear. It actually fits on your head. It covers your eyes. It has it, it has speakers on the side that go into your bone structure of your... No, wait, don't... Sorry, I got to think of what I'm saying because this is all brand new. Okay, there. Uh, it vibrates. It, it's a small little speaker against uh, your skull, so, so the bone vibrates, and you actually feel that you're in there. And one of the first adventures I took in this metaverse was to go to the White House and visit President, then President uh, Barack Obama. And he is sitting there and you talk, he's talking to you, actually, you don't talk to him, but you are his guest inside the White House and you're wearing this, um, this headgear, you're hearing him talk. And as he's talking to you, he's pointing out different things. Now you have the option you don't have to turn your head, but he says, well, you know, on your right side, you'll see a portrait of such and such president. And you can turn your head. And if you did turn your head, you would see that portrait. By the way, if you turn your head the other way, you would see whatever's on that wall. In other words, what I'm saying is that the film, the production is not directing you. It's suggesting turn this way, turn that way. You're completely on your own to turn in whatever direction you do. And here's the interesting thing. At one point, he says, behind you is a, is a, um, is a picture, and he instructs us to look back. And as I look back, what's happening is his voice, Barack Obama's voice, is now coming to me from the, behind me. 
because I'm, I'm, I've got my back to him. So now the voice has been adjusted as well. And uh, this was five years ago, 2017, when this video was made. Meanwhile, technology has advanced so much. And there are so many, so many places that you can go. The other day, I, I climbed Half Dome in Yosemite, which in my condition right now, I don't know if I could climb a little hill, but I was able to do this because of virtual reality. I was there. And remember what I said, imagine without going out of your home, you can see the things of this world, the beauty of this world. Imagine that. And that's the word I want to bring up and bring to your focus. I was going to leave it for later, but actually right now, imagine, imagination. God gives us this imagination. He gives us the ability to imagine things. And this metaverse is helping us open new dimensions, new dimensions of space where we can do it. And I got to tell you, as I was going through the metaverse, that's all that was going. I, I realized that it's, it's as vast as your imagination wants to be. So let me tell you, you put on this headgear and you go into these different areas. And what we did is, um, like I said, we're, we're producing this for our new Apostle venture. And I'll give you a little hints of where we're going with this in just a moment. Um, like why this is important for us. But uh, Gregory Baylerian, who's now designing our new website, he's, I'd say, about 20 miles from me physically. Uh, our, our homes are about 20 miles apart. He has his headgear on, and I have my headgear on. And then we decide that we're going to be in the metaverse at the same time. So my first visit was with him. And so together we ventured into this world. And it's exactly like any other world. You, put, you, you just walk. You just walk right into it. And you go in there and the first thing you see, there's people there. There are people that are floating around. And once, <laughs> every so often people will come up to you and talk to you. Hey, I got to tell you that. <laughs> that was kind of unnerving. You don't know what they're going to say if they're going to bump into you. I've got to tell you that uh, the few conversations that I had in there were all about people that were just as confused <laughs> as we were. Like, hey, um, did you guys get through that door? Hey, is that a window over there? Or, you know, it's, it's like questions like that. But you can see that, you know, there's like park benches and people sitting on it and everything. So Greg and I were going through this um, this new world. And we're opening up doors and we're opening up windows and climbing through little passages. And all of a sudden we get to an aquarium. And not only is it one aquarium, but we have the opportunity to walk into the aquarium. No, not into the water, but right where the glass is. Put ourselves right up against the glass and, and look around. And it's completely all around you. Like if you move your head upward, you see what the fish that are above you. And you move your head to the right, you see the different fish that are on that side. Well, where else can we go? Went into a planetarium and we just walked right into a galaxy with different stars, different systems coming at you. And you're sitting there with a friend and you're talking and you're engaging in a conversation in something that is huge beyond yourself. And now what's the most important part, at least for me, 
is my imagination is going. Where can we go with this? Where can we go? I shared with you a few minutes ago that um, Susie shared this uh, article, how the metaverse will affect business and legal processes. Meanwhile, just a month ago in Angelus, actually a couple months ago in Angelus magazine, they had a, um, a cover story. Angelus is put out by the Roman Catholics. It says, here comes the metaverse. Are we ready for it? And it says, next stop, the metaverse, a new online world promises to improve every part of our lives. But will any good come from it? Yes, words of caution. Like, is there any good that's going to come from it? Let me read you. If the term metaverse sounds like science fiction, that's because it is. Or at least that's where it originated. The concept was first coined by science fiction writer Neil Stephenson in his 1992 novel, Snow Crash. In an interview with Axius, uh, Stephenson said that his experience in computer graphics led him to ask himself what would have had to happen to make 3D graphics technology as cheap and ubiquitous as television was at the time. Soon after, other science fiction authors took up the idea of an online universe where people could escape potential catastrophes on Earth. Today, the metaverse is loosely defined as an extensive online world compromising virtual reality, excuse me, com comprising virtual reality an augmented reality in which individuals interact with one another as digital avatars or icons. Yes, it is an avatar kind of based. In other words, you have to find it, assign an avatar to represent you inside of this world. And yes, the, some of the imagery is like cartoonish. I, I want to tell you that it's as we're at the ground floor of this. It's like, it's like being there at 2006, okay? When somebody says, hey, you know, there's a guy named Steve Jobs and he's inventing something called an iPhone. And you're saying, yeah, what is that? Well, an iPhone's going to have a, a screen and you're going to be typing on that screen. You go, what? No, 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 I'm sorry. I got this blueberry and I like the tactile effect of that keyboard. Or you're going to say, oh, wait a minute. I got this little flip phone that just fits into my top pocket. And if I need, if I need, if I just even need to text anybody, I'm okay with, you know, with, with, with the means that they've given me by tapping a letter three times, two times to get the desired letter. Because texting is not a big deal. All I need to say is yes, no. no it's, it's a, that, that's what texting is. Nobody's going to use texting. And then all of a sudden, iPhone comes along. Boom. The next thing we know, here we are, 15 years later, 2022. We can't live without a cell phone. Yeah, you got to have it. You got to do it. Yeah, there are people that do it. But if you're going to connect with these people, you need to have the tools that connect you. And this is what I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking, well, look what we've done all these years. What is the virtual environment that we've created through the next step? What is the virtual environment that we've done through epostle.net? We've given people a home where we can get together, where we can share ideas, where we can exchange information. 
And we basically set up a new world. And add to this what we went through in the last two years because of COVID, where we had our, our religious life brought into in, onto the internet. And, you know, there's a big concern. It's a big concern. In fact, in this Angelus article, it says there is a potential to preferring virtual technology to traditional life, warns one psychologist. Oh, I know that. I know that uh, very well. In fact, it was something that I brought up just a couple of years ago when we first went on to uh, streaming our, our worship services. When we grew up in the Los Angeles area, there was a uh, a radio show. Yeah, radio was pre-television, but it still is. By the way, radio, I love radio. I love the idea that radio is just these signals that are out there. And if you've got this little device, you can just pick up all kinds of signals. Yes, I'm still, I, I, radio is a fantastic means for me. I, I enjoy it. But um, 60s, 1960s, 1970s in Los Angeles growing up, uh, you were trying to keep your identity. And there was two radio shows that came out. One was Happy Harry Hadikian, and um, the other one was Michael Minassian came out with uh, the Armenian American Radio Hour, something like that. And interesting that both of them were put at the same time. Both of them were Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. It's like, wow, you got all this, uh, all this 168 hours all week long, but two Armenian shows, they're right on at the same time. I guess that's competition at its best, right? Yeah, go figure. So uh, we used to listen, but check out the time. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. You know what we were doing? We were getting ready for church. We were going to church as a family. And my mom and dad, they put us in the car and we'd travel to church. And on the way, we would listen to Happy Harry and again, to this radio show, this Armenian radio show. And it got to a point where... You just put it on in the background. Like when you got into the car, you just knew that's what was going to be on. It's not that you were listening. You just had, there was like in the background, there was some Armenian music playing. And you know where you're getting from it. And every so often you'd hear him making a commercial or this or that. And you'd repeat the commercials as you do today, right? Where's the beef? You know, you'd you'd pick up on taglines that would get you, uh, that would get you hooked. And so so it was with Armenian Radio. But you never sat there and used this as the official medium. In other words, it was just a radio show. And that's the danger that we run into with streaming our religious content. Because I could see the first time, the second time, people tuning in and watching the show. But I wonder now that two years after the pandemic first started, and we're starting to stream. I really wonder how many people are sitting in front of their computer screens or their telephone screens and really participating in the divine liturgy, participating in the sense that they're watching, they're singing, they're engaged, they're listening to the sermon, and so on. My guess is that for the big part, it's just a back, background noise. And this, there's a big danger in that. A background noise in that, you know, 10 o'clock comes Sunday morning, you turn on your local uh, church on the internet, and 
you know, the, the divine liturgy is playing and then you could go and have your coffee. If you smoke, you can have a cigarette and, you know, it's like part of the part of life in background, much like anything else that we have playing on in the background. In my office, I have, um, uh, many of the, um, Oh, what is it? Pandora stations that are just right under my fingertips so that, you know, in my office, background music, I hit one of the Pandora stations. I like the IO, A-Y-O station. Love it. You just put it on. It's kind of nice music that just keeps you going, right? And um, I think that's what's happening. That's one of the dangers of the metaverse. But on the other hand, walking through the metaverse, this is what happened to me. Every turn I took, and that first visit, we were there for two hours. We were walking. Every turn we took, I was thinking about how can we apply this to our church? What can we benefit? How can we benefit? How can we exist in this world and do the ministry that we are called to do? Isn't that the ultimate question? You are a priest. You are a servant of the church. What is your job? It's to get the message out. And look, here's a new world, a world where we can sit in. My friend is 20 miles away. Imagine I can be in the same world with somebody 100 miles away, a 1,000 miles away, on the other side of the planet, on the other hemisphere. And I could be talking with them. I can be engaging. And then I think about our small landlocked country, called Armenia, where Armadoxy originates. And I think to myself, what would it be like to go into one of our historic monasteries? Imagine going into a monastery from the comfort of your home. I want to say comfort. Maybe that's a bad choice of words. Maybe because just there's no opportunity. And so you are coming from your home coming from a place where you have no opportunity. And and by this, I mean, yeah, for several reasons, one of which being financial at this point. In the economy, the way it is right now, the global economy and all the difficulties we're having, yeah, it's not a chance for people to travel the way they wanted to. With the political tensions, it's not, there's no, there's less chance for people to go out there and really explore and do these things. Now, imagine sitting in your home with a pair of these, um, this, this, with this hair headgear. And I want to caution you that we're still at the very infancy stage of this. Right now, it's headgear. My guess is that if this does move forward, like everything else, it's just going to start reducing, reducing, reducing. It's going to be something like a pair of glasses. It might be something that's also just right in, in front of you that you may not even need to be aware of like the headgear is now, okay? So in other words, don't get scared that you people say, oh, we're not going to walk around with those headgears. I'm not asking you to walk around with the headgears because I think that technology will evolve to a point where we may not need that, okay? So now imagine entering into the metaverse, and we did the other day, and we walked into a theater. There was a movie playing. We walked into another staged area. Somebody was talking, and we sat down, and we listened to a lecture. Now imagine walking into one of our monasteries. And not only 
is the monastery in, uh, all around you, but you can interact with that monastery. You can go up close to a Khachkar that you see. You can explore the small little rooms. And you open a room and it opens into a small little study where a priest, in this case Father Voskin, is sitting there and he's sharing with you a sermon about that particular monastery and its significance in our lives. Armadoxy brought to you. Imagine walking up Mount Ararat, the historic mountain Ararat, where Noah's Ark landed. According to Genesis chapter 8, that's where it is, Mount Ararat. This land of, this cradle of civilization is right on all sides of Mount Ararat. But we can't access it readily. Now, imagine, yeah, that's the word, imagine, amuse your imagination, sitting in your home, not worrying about needing passports or anything else, sitting in your home and now connecting with that mountain. And being on that mountain and walking around and seeing a piece of wood, seeing some wood that looks pretty old, and you say, wait a minute, is this possibly Noah's Ark? And then having a priest, maybe Father Voskin, come out and say, you know, wait a minute, before you jump to conclusions, let's look at this story and present the story to you. Share with you some insights. Share with you some of the background information that comes from this particular holy shrine. And the possibilities of this imagination are endless. Because for as many, many uh, monasteries and churches and ancient structures that there are there in Armenia, there are equally many, if not more, stories and opportunities for us to share with others. And this is where we're going. This is what we're doing with Epostle. I'm giving you the next steppers who know about Epostle the next step. That's where we're going. That's where we're heading and that's where our launch is heading us. So it is going to be a virtual world that we're going to try to expand. We are going to be going into the metaverse, not with fear, but as a place where we can exploit its potentials and we can expand our imagination. And that, to me, is really a godly work that we're called to do. All right. Can't escape this pianist. He's always here, right? Signaling us that Susie's ready to make her announcement. I'll be back in a couple moments, okay? Before getting back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. 
We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vosgen. Thank you, Susie, for that announcement. And thank you to all of you for all your love, support, and mostly for your prayers. Keep September 25th open. That is the launch date of the new Epostle.net. It is scheduled for 2 p.m. Pacific time. That's, um, well, we are in daylight savings time, so that is universal time minus seven, okay? Uh used to be called, what was it? Greenwich Mean Time, minus seven, okay? That's the time. Two o'clock is going to be the launch. But actually, we're going to be streaming all that day from 10 o'clock our time in the morning because we're going to be celebrating the Divine Liturgy. Happens to be the 40th anniversary of my ordination. We're going to be celebrating with the Divine Liturgy with a message. And then we're going to be launching the new program called epostle.net. I would love it if you as Next Steppers are with us that day. You can be if you make it down to the Burbank uh, Cathedral, but if not, we will be streaming. Okay, so keep that date open. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up in the next few weeks, but most importantly, uh, we've got Holy Cross coming up. We've got the Labor Day. But uh, most important in our lives this weekend happens to be the Assumption of St. Mary. And I've spoken about this several times, and you can go into our back catalog and look into it. If I remember, I'll make sure that we put something on the show notes so you can get some background on it. But this Sunday, there will be the traditional Great Blessing service. We invite you to any of your Armenian churches and get involved. Read John chapter 15 about how Christ is the vine, we are the branches, and God is the fine dresser. That's the metaphor that's going to be played out this Sunday in all Armenian churches, having to do with the assumption of the Holy Mother of God, Aspazazin. And uh, that that, um, day, of course, we bring the grapes, the first fruit and the most beautiful fruit to the church, asking for God's blessing, but at the same time, thanking God for all the, the good, the greatness, and all the fruits of the harvest that keep us going. Not only uh, physical food, we're talking about brain food too, right? Anyway, those of you know what I'm talking about, do know it, okay? Those of you who are new, don't worry, you'll get it. It, it, it comes to you. <laughs> One day you're just driving, you go, oh, that's what he's talking about. <laughs> um, listen, this Sunday, I'm going to be in Rancho Mirage. If you happen to be out that way, I'll be celebrating the assumption with the community there. We'd love to see you stop by and say hello. That does it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed producing it for you. On behalf of our producer, Susie, and myself, Father Bosk, and we look forward to seeing you again next week when we do take the next step. Stand by for disclaimer. And now here's the fine print. 
The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and production crew vpostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience not valid with any other offer epostle.net apostolic evangelism for an electronic and expanding universe forgot to ask you if uh, you you're seeing the same sky as we are so you're seeing the same sky as we are